Coaching as Benevolence, a podcast for people who are curious about using coaching for self-development. I'm Erin with Roots and Wings Grief and Loss Coaching. And I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place Positive Intelligence Coaching. So happy new year, happy start to 2024. Wow. Uh, we're turning a new page here with a new year. And with that, LaShawn and I thought it might be nice to explore this concept of turning a new page in relationship to narratives and storytelling in relationship to our own self-efficacy and uh, our own ability to access our creativity and, and have a renewed perspective, a renewed page. Maybe it's a blank page. Maybe you already have an outline. Maybe you have a little bit of watercolor on there, or maybe you don't have anything and that's okay. That's what the the whole point is of turning a new page. And so with that, uh, LaShawn, what does turning a new page mean to you in 2024? Well, for me, turning a new page is writing a new story. Um, it doesn't have to be the same as the previous page. It could be a totally different story. It could be a totally different concept of who I am and how I show up in the world. So for me, turning a new page is giving myself permission to let go of the old ways that weren't serving me and adopting slowly but surely those um, habits and uh, behaviors that are going to serve me better in the new year. How about you, Erin? Yeah, I like that. I think my thinking is very similar. And turning a new page for me also is this kind of going into the unknown. And we've talked about exploration in, in previous podcasts. So kind of being able to hold that lens of an explorer in a way into uh, the unknown and, and not be attached to a lot of the the old ways of being or thinking or even old habits that have not been working very well for me. And that's really lofty because it's really hard to make shifts in any of those things. Uh, and I know that takes a lot of time and uh, intentionality. So I like this idea of turning the new page because it doesn't feel like it has to be written well. It can be an outline on the page or like a, a few color marks or something that kind of then leads to the next thing. And that's kind of this concept of leading it to the unknown. And, um, and, and I think with that change, then I might more, it might be more able to see, kind of see through the forest of my past <laughs> uh, by being open to the possibilities of the future. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of a blank page and it doesn't have to be complete. Um, and I like the idea of it embracing the unknown. So that might even be part of turning a new page and also being open to, you know, things unfolding. I really like the idea of the story kind of being written in the present. You know, um, it's not already written. So you don't turn the page and, oh, there's the writing, but you turn the page and it's blank. <laughs> so I like that idea. It's a great idea. And it also um, makes me think about the idea of like exploring or seeing how things unfold in your life as well. So I, I like that I, that as well, that it's not all decided for you. And um, being a mature adult, like it's, it's very, it seems like my life is pretty much decided for me. And, you know, 
married, have children, checking all those boxes, those main boxes. But I have yet to see what my children are going to do with their lives, how they're going to grow and develop, whom they're going to bring into our lives, how our family's going to grow and expand. My coaching business is still a baby. So, you know, I, I still have a lot of growing and um, learning to do. And I like the idea of not really knowing where it's going and not really knowing, you know, like having a five-year plan. You know, I have an idea of like what I would like my coaching business to look like, my ideal client, that kind of thing. But I like the idea of just seeing what emerges, what comes up rather than being completely in control of, again, the outcomes. That's the other, it's kind of a common theme <laughs> in um, our conversations is, is the idea of what you said in the last episode about hope theory and focusing on agency and paths rather than the, you know, the goal. Yeah. That's and what as you were talking, talking, it reminded me of participation. Like when we turn the page where we are fully participating in that experience. Whereas if I already know what's on the page or if I know, you know, what my goals are without having thought about my own agency and those things, I am going to likely live that out a little bit more robotically. And and I know there's a time and a place for those types of goals and, and they make a lot of sense. But for the overarching page and the story of, of the, the next year, it feels like I can participate more fully when I'm open to those possibilities rather than focused on a very specific goal. Uh, so I'm, I'm starting to get a little more curious about that because I do know I don't really set New Year's goals. I usually set them a little bit more in August. Uh, and so maybe I'm a little bit biased right now because I'm not into the goal setting mode um, at the moment. And I know a lot of people are forgoing New Year's goals and people come up with these phrases and they say, I'll have a word for the whole year. I used to have a coworker and that was their um, way to be mindful and reflective about starting the new year. They'd have a word that they would use that would help them in challenging situations and navigating uh, all the, the pages that weren't written. Um, so maybe as I think about turning the page and turning the page on this episode too, I'm starting to think a little bit more about alternatives to goals that might be a little bit more participatory for for the individual. Yeah, I like that you said, I love the word participate and where you're turning the page. So again, that brings up intention. And um, I like, and we had um, kind of touched upon this in, in previous episodes, but the idea of intention as opposed to goal. And I think that if you like set an intention for your year, when I don't set an intention for my day or I don't set an intention for a project, an event, whatever, then I go on autopilot and I usually spend a lot of my time reacting to things that are happening rather than just really focusing on, okay, my intention was to be calm in this situation. Am I calm? What can help me be calm? Rather than reacting to things that are happening in, in, um, in the moment. And I think that I usually, when I set an intention, rather than make it concrete, I make it more abstract and, and more feeling based. So it's less about the outcome and more about what emotion um, I'm feeling in this, in this moment. What is this situation or, or condition evoking in me? What emotion is it evoking? 
And that's how I know I'm on the right path. For example, if I have a conversation, a difficult conversation with someone, and I know going in that it's going to be, you know, difficult, maybe because it's a difficult topic, or this is uh, something that um, we haven't talked about in a while, and it's kind of the elephant in the room, I would set the intention to be clear-minded, calm, steady, listening, observing. And every once in a while, when I'm in that moment, I can check in and be like, am I calm? Am I clear-minded? Am I steady? And that helps me stay grounded and mindful of, you know, how I'm feeling. Because to me, if I'm steady, calm, clear-minded, then I'm in the right, I'm in the right frame of mind, in the right space to have a productive conversation. So it, whatever that looks like. So I don't know what a productive conversation looks like, but as long as I'm calm, grounded, clear-minded, oh, that's cool. You know? So I like the idea of um, setting intentions. That, that would be an alternative to a New Year's resolution or a goal. How about you, Erin? Um, yeah, I'll have to think on that one. But before I do, just as a concept that you came up with uh, around the grounded and clear-minded and calm, I think that's such a nice package of a tool set to use in many situations outside of difficult conversations as well. And it ties back to our, our podcast on curiosity. And when you said in that previous podcast, when you're curious, it feels different than when you're judging, right? And so I like this idea of thinking about how I'm feeling. Um, and I think one, to, to answer your question, then one idea around goals is, you know, how not only am I looking at my own thoughts and feelings and staying grounded, how do I want to respond? And so maybe I think about, are there ways for me to be mindful and considerate and smart and all of those things when I do respond? Uh, not necessarily to be strategic, but just to be a, a nice human <laughs> um, and, a, and a, a kind being. So I think we can also think about in our day-to-day -day actions, how are we wanting to respond to people? Um, and that could be something that could potentially be an intention uh, outside of a, a goal. Yeah, I really like that um, question. How do I want to respond? Because again, that's another intention. You know, you know that things are going to come up and it's, it's good, I think, to anticipate or have a plan in place so that you have an idea of how you want to respond so that when something unexpected comes up, because that's almost um, kind of inevitable that unexpected things are going to come up because we don't control our conditions as much as we love to believe that we do. We do not. And, and just how, how do I want to respond? I really love that question. And I'm going to bring that question with me into this new year. Yeah. And then another thing that came up for me when we think about intentions are those hobbies and creative outlets that bring life to our lives in that maybe a different way than our day-to-day -day work and family obligations. And so I think sometimes looking at intentions around hobbies and creativity can be helpful at the new year. Uh, maybe it's even something as simple as a few intentions. In, and maybe I want to clarify what we're talking about when we say exactly what an intention is. Uh, is an intention just 
let's see, how would you clarify an intention here before I go down this train wreck of a thought? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love the idea that you stopped and like, let's clarify what is an intention. It's really important to define terms, right? Because each of us has a different idea of what an intention is. For me, an intention is a deliberate um, decision, I guess. Um, that's the closest I can get to a definition that's not circular. Because <laughs> I would have started saying, it's something you intend to do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's, it's a deliberate decision. It's a deliberate, mm, maybe you can help me out, Erin. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That helps because if it's a deliberate decision, it helps us do what we've talked about in previous podcasts, those micro moments, right? And those little things day to day that then create bigger shifts in our life than saying, I'm going to run a marathon or whatever as a goal, right? Mm -hmm. That I don't think could be stated as an intention because an intention is deliberate, like you said. And so an mm -hmm. intention requires more nuance and care than mm -hmm. stating a goal, maybe. So there it might be a little bit more effort that goes into constructing the intention and then making that intention come to life for someone. But by doing that upfront effort, you're not creating this large scale effort to reach this big lofty goal that's just not attainable. That's, that's, um, we can't move from, you know, A to P, uh, <laughs> in our behavior shifts as humans. That's rare. Um, so right. thinking about this, while it might be a little bit more, require a little bit more tending to at the beginning, it can then help us get to those uh, larger outcomes with less dread, less disappointment, um, all of those things. So I, I really like that you brought up deliberate here. So I, th I think that, I mean, that clarifies what we mean by intention. So do you want to continue on your train of thought or do you feel like <laughs> you lost it? <laughs> I guess I was just trying to apply being deliberate about our creativity and our hobbies mm -hmm. um, and what that looks like for each person individually and how turning a new page can play into that by trying something a little bit different or a little bit or learning something new, maybe. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that if we think about being deliberate with making those shifts to be more creative or to try on a hobby, there's a lot of brainstorming that might need to happen in advance. Um, and let's say you, you pick something that is maybe visiting your local museum once in 2024, right? Like that's, a small enough, I don't know if that'd be a goal potentially or, or an intention here. Uh, you know, it depends on probably your way of being and how you approach the decision too. So if I was very deliberate in recognizing that that's going to help my creativity the most, visiting a museum, it's something I know I will do, it's something I can easily achieve, then I was being deliberate about turning that page on my creative creative exploration. So maybe it takes a lot of sketching on that page, a lot of brainstorming about our wants and needs, and then being able to continue that brainstorming for a while until um, you can be more deliberate. Yeah. And as you were talking, some things that came up to me was the word agency, because we talked about that before about the theory of hope and 
how agency plays into that. And I think in order to be deliberate, we really need to have a very clear sense of who we are, who we want to be, how we want to show up in the world. And um, so when I think about turning the page, sketching, and another thing I was looking, (laughs) it's so nice when, you know, the internet is at your fingertips. (laughs) I looked up the (laughs) word intention. And one of the synonyms for that was plan. And um, I think there's so much that goes into the idea of plan, right? You know, like you said, brainstorming, sketching, being really mindful of where you're being deliberate, being mindful, weighing all the pros and cons, looking at all the um, factors that go into something. And I think the most important thing when we're being intentional or when we are participating in our life is to know who we are and who we, how we want to show up, how we want to respond kind of goes in with agency. So that's something that's come up for me as you were talking. Agency just keeps kind of bubbling up to the surface. Mm. How about you, Erin? Well, as you said that too, I was like, oh, this is why hope theory is so good <laughs> because <laughs> it focuses on the agency and it focuses on very clear pathways, specific plans and that leading to that intention piece, that planning piece. And I think that it it makes a lot of sense for how we make change as, as humans, because we aren't going to likely achieve something in a straightforward line. But when we do know those things that you talked about, you know, who we are, what how we want to respond to things um, and understanding our own wants and needs, we can anchor into that to develop a plan that's true to ourselves. And so I think turning this new page is not this huge identity shift, although it could be, but it, it it's probably not. It's it's more going back and rooting in, right? So there isn't as much potential change in certain things to so that we're understanding ourselves for how we want to then pursue whatever we're we're making a shift to or an adjustment to in, in the new year. And I think just as this concept of turning a new page concept of intentions and goals is really hard because there's so many, as you had brought up too, outside factors. And then there's so much going on internally, um, so many different things going on internally for ourselves as well. And so I think when we can take a moment to pause and look at the whole picture of things, you know, what's going on outside of ourselves, what's coming up for us internally, we can then respond going back to that uh, word of response. Um, and, and we can most likely set clear plans for how we want to move forward. Um, and I think I want to use move forward here. I don't I always talk about, well, maybe we need to move sideways or move backwards. <laughs> um, and I know as part of the moving forward process, there is the moving backwards and sideways. But the goal with the turning the new page in, in my mind is there is this kind of forward movement into something new. Absolutely. I think one thing that comes to mind is like, what, how do we define moving forward? Because one of the things that um, you mentioned was moving sideways, moving backwards, and that's part of the forward movement. Um, I was uh, having a conversation with um, my hairstylist and we were talking about that feeling of being on the wheel, you know, that constant, everything's the same. Why am I back here? And it was really around financial strain and difficulties, not seeing ourselves as, you know, getting out of that living paycheck to paycheck or worried that we're not going to make our, you know, bills or, you know, that kind of thing. And one of the things that I said to her, and it was kind of a, a moment of, I don't know, clarity, but I was telling her 
say we're seeing a wheel that's just going round and round and round. But if we pan out and we we um, kind of look at the bigger picture, we could be in a wheel that's moving forward or that's actually going somewhere, but we are not privy to where we fit in the grand scheme of things. So I think that um, one of the things that comes up for me is that moving forward, what does that look like? Does that necessarily mean that things are changing or does it mean that um, you're progressing um, in a certain fashion where you can kind of measure where you were yesterday and where you are today? Those are just some thoughts that I had about what does that look like? What does moving forward look like for you personally? Uh, and what does it look like um, like on a societal view um, in terms of what is um, what does what are the kind of expectations that we are kind of up against? <laughs> I say up against because often for me, society has this idea of the way I should be at my age, and I'm like, I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of feel like I'm going up against society's yeah. view of where I should be at my age. But um, those are some things that are coming up for me as as you were talking about moving forward. How about you, Erin? Yeah. Well, and sometimes we're on that wheel and we already know we're on it. And sometimes we don't know until <laughs> we're well into the multiple spins. But it kind of makes me think about too, and if we go into the unknown and, and turning this page, we will get stuck. Like that is inevitable um, due to either outside influences, our own influences, a mixture of a lot of things. And I guess for moving forward, to me, it kind of equates to, you know, I, I grew up on a farm and on those like old country dirt roads. If I got stuck, it wasn't very helpful to, you know, push the pedal to the pedal and go straight forward because that made me more stuck. Or do the same thing, right, in reverse, because then it was just a big mess of mud and not working, right? And so I had to kind of learn to cradle a little bit out, back and forth, nice and um, slowly, in a way, I guess, uh, and intentionally. And so I think moving forward is also when we get stuck like that, we can be intentional about what we're recognizing and also honoring that maybe we have to get this stuck the same way multiple times to actually then recognize, you know, this muddy dirt road, because I sure did. I sure have been <laughs> stuck on one of those roads multiple times. And so I, I think too, thinking about forward movement, we have, we get stuck and we might need to, have a few iterations of that before we see a shift in how we might want to make a change in our own lives. Um, and keeping in mind that sometimes those external factors are just ridiculous. And, um, you know, it, it, that, that's the frustrating part sometimes when, uh, you, you have the equation, you're kind of trying to get unstuck there and then there, there's not movement. Um, but maybe it's also part, like you mentioned, of of taking the step back and seeing the broader view of of where you're at to see what movement you're creating for yourself. Yeah. And I like the idea of rocking back and forth and being intentional about getting out of that rut. And also, I think giving ourselves grace 
to um, be stuck. It's okay to be stuck. I mean, it's, it's, I think probably one of the things that I really want to develop, one belief I want to develop for myself is that I am a dynamic being and whatever state I'm in is the state I'm in. And it's okay to be in that state, whether it's something that I perceive to be a successful state or something I perceive to be a not so successful state. But yeah, it's okay to be stuck. It's okay to be a mess. And I don't think that um, society gives us that, especially when we're adults. One of the things that I hate when I watch movies or reality TV or even in my own life is when people apologize for crying. Why are you apologizing for crying? It's a natural, normal reaction to whatever is going on, even if it's, you know, joy, pain. And actually, I mean, I'm, I'm, this is judging in a way, but I, I see it as a beautiful thing when, when someone can cry, when someone can express themselves, especially men, you know, often apologize for crying. And I'm like, don't apologize, especially since it's so in society for men to cry. It's like seen as a weakness or, or seen as, you know, you got to pull together. You got to be strong. Um, so I think that we should allow ourselves to be messy. I think that's also part of turning a new page, maybe for society to turn a new page and just embrace the mess. Yes. I really love how you took that page from kind of the individual to society. Yeah. This is a, a broader scale shift that I think we are seeking as we work with humans from a humanistic lens that people are more compassionate toward the messiness um, because that's life, right? Like that's part of the human experience. And when we deny that piece of that human uh, experience, we deny someone part of their own personhood. And and that is really hard for so many people. And then it goes up to this larger scale of what makes it hard to just swim in society as a whole. Uh, yeah, because they there's no embracing of the muddiness of the stuckness, and there's a lot of wisdom, right, in those moments. And not that you have to take anything away from being stuck. You can be messy and break down, and that's fine. Uh, but being, I think, this goes a little bit too about it goes back to social media in some ways, right? Like it's really hard to show all of the messiness of ourselves when what is perpetuated on social media, as we've talked about, is a different story. So I think that's one of the challenges. But I think this is, as you said, a chance for society to turn a new page, to be more authentic, to be more aware. And yeah, this whole concept that men can't cry, that's definitely not 2024. <laughs> that's old. That's old news. <laughs> um, no, so, so hopefully, um, yeah, that we, we can get to a space where emotions and how we, we are, I don't know if you'd say healing with them or processing them are still part of our, our humanity and part of our picture. So I love this call to bring society and to turn a new page to LaShawn. That was really nice. Yeah. I think, um, One of the things that it's easy to forget is that we are part of a whole. It's not just, we're not an island, as they say, no man is an island. Uh, We're networks. We have, and we're influenced, whether we like it or not, by our upbringing, by our family culture, by 
you know, our work culture, by our friend culture. So all of those groups of, of you know, you know, people that we interact with, there are certain expectations that are either spoken or unspoken that shape how we react or respond to our environment. And I believe that the more of us that choose to be authentic, choose to cry and not apologize, choose to sit with someone who's upset and, you know, say it's okay to be a mess. I don't expect you to have it all together. I don't, I'm not all together. I don't expect you to be all together. If we could have those conversations, I think it starts in an individual place, but I do believe that individuals mirror, um, you know, behaviors, expectations, uh, thoughts and feelings that other individuals either accept or reject. And of course, our children are watching and learning as well. So it's not just you and me, it's, it's us. I do believe that self-development, self-reflection, any time you can become more aware of who you are and who you want to be and how you want to show up, the better society is. Because we are part of networks and people are going to look at us and they're going to see, oh, she's really authentic. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I like that. I, I'm going to try and maybe get her to be in, inauthentic or be more like I want her to be. And then that's going to kind of change the dynamic. Um, the more authentic we are, the more open we are to having conversations about our true feelings and being a mess and not having it all together and it being okay. Yeah, so I'm wondering also how that could look on a page as we turn a page, <laughs> just as, as part of the metaphor in some ways. And I think it's a lot of the maybe it's a lot of different iterations. Uh, maybe it's a lot of scribbles. Maybe it's a lot of drawings that you X out and start over, right? Like that's the beauty of having the agency here and having the intention is that you can make those shifts on those pages. You're mm -hmm. not wedded to a specific goal. So I think that's one of the takeaways from talking about this today too, is just kind of tying back in what we talked about in our previous podcast on agency and pathways and bringing that in, not only for the individual level, but also the larger societal level to, to embrace as part of those pathways, that messiness piece too, that those difficult pieces. Uh, and so I guess when you have that expectation that you you can try something new, you will get stuck. There's a little bit less pressure, hopefully. There's a little bit less pressure on ourselves, on on our networks, you know, society as a whole, to then say, I'm going to try something. Uh, and really, this is like productive failure. Uh, it's a term in academia they use in higher ed sometimes talking about productive failure. Right. I fail and that's fine. It's my learning from that. And I keep failing. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I think embracing that piece on the new page is part of the, the masterpiece of, of your 2024. I love the idea of a masterpiece as well. Um, I don't know who said it. It's probably Michelangelo or one of the great um, artists um, that art is not finished. It's abandoned. And I think that there is certainly when you think about your life or the page, the turning the page as a masterpiece, as, as something artistic, creative, organic, it 
gives us more wiggle room in terms of not being perfect the first way around, you know. And I think looking at life as an artwork or, or a masterpiece also calls into like the idea of, for me, unfinished. And that's one of the things that allows me to give myself grace in terms of this is unfinished. This is, this is on the way. And I don't know what the finished product is going to be. It may look like a bunch of scribbles and a bunch of, you know, scratch marks here or sketch marks here that there's nothing really that I can see here, but this is only the beginning or this is the middle or this is not finished. So I like the idea of seeing life as a masterpiece as unfinished because it gives us the um, the space to play and the space, as you said, fail productive or productive failure, fail productively. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think that that's really important too, to be, to give ourselves permission to be imperfect and, and to, to fail, knowing that that is part of the process and that we can never know what the finished product is going to be, and it may not be a finished product. It might just be abandoned. And then the, the, um, the holder, the person who's looking at my life or looking at the page, they might then decide, oh, wow, that's really beautiful. Or, oh, I don't like that <laughs> or whatever, you know, <laughs> so it's really subjective. But for me, the creator, the person who is, is creating this story or this masterpiece, I may not see what that looks like. If you think about the designers of um, cathedrals and the pyramids and great uh, monuments that they never saw finished. So, um, or even the builders, if you think about the people who are building those monuments, but they never really knew what their part, how their part played into everything else because they're just stacking bricks. <laughs> you know, maybe they don't have access to the blueprints. So I like the idea of life being a masterpiece. I like that word that you used. Yeah, and I like what you said about it. And it reminded me of this like idea of, uh, I think Carrie Newcomer has a song about uh, throwing a stone in a river and it's like the intention, but you just don't know where it will go. Um, kind of thing. And so that's kind of what came up for me as I was thinking about uh, what you're saying. And, and that song just came to mind as well. But what there is in all of that, too, is the uh, at least a level of intentionality that is, I think, good, right? Hopefully uh, brings out goodness in ourselves and brings out goodness in others. And that's part of the process as opposed to where that stone actually goes or where, you know, what the finished product is and what the finished product looks like. So I don't know. I think we're kind of close to circling in on a coaching nugget of wisdom for today. And I don't think I yet have one. Do you have one, LaShawn? Um, yeah, I, I, a coaching nugget of wisdom would be when you're turning, turning the new page, what does that mean to you? So turning a new page, what does that look like for you? So I guess my coaching nugget of wisdom is a question. Which is a very good approach to coaching, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess my next question is, you know, as you turn that page, what do you want to write? And like, what do you want to write uncensored and start there um, and have, you know, a really good start to 2024? Yeah, it's going to be a great year. 
Thanks for joining us for Coaching as Benevolence. I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place, Positive Intelligence Coaching. And I'm Erin with Roots and Wings, Grief and Loss Coaching. Have a benevolent day. Thank you.